Hey, my name is Sean, and I like learning about how things work and why. By day, I'm a designer and researcher, and I moonlight by interviewing exceptional people here on Promise. Every episode of Promise is an open-ended discussion on the idea of Promise itself. Whether that's the potential for success or the commitments we make to get there, Promise showcases tomorrow's heroes before they get famous. This week, I have a short discussion with Dr. Shafali Gupta and Andy Epifani. Together, they're the co-founders of UviPack, a biodegradable alternative to single-use plastics. We chat about the plastic problem, why UviPack is genuinely biodegradable, making and tasting edible plastic alternatives, and sharing an inspirational message for all the kids out there. To protect their intellectual property, we couldn't broadcast more about the materials and processes behind UviPack. Please enjoy my discussion with Dr. Shafali Gupta and Andy Epifani. Today on the show, we have Dr. Shafali Gupta and Andy Epifani, co-founders of UviPack. My one-line description of UviPack would be to create a non-plastic plastic alternative to single-use plastics. I might be totally butchering that, so I would love to introduce Shafali and Andy to give us a better introduction of what UviPack is all about. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. We started UviPack last year. Andy and I am co-founder of UviPack, as Sean already mentioned. UviPack is about making real sustainable products, which are good for the planet and good for the humans. We are making 100% biodegradable, home compostable and edible plastic alternatives by upcycling clean organic food byproducts. And our first line of products are edible cups, uh, bowls, and plates. So if you're planning a Christmas party, please choose UviPack and create zero waste. Don't make the mess we make every year by choosing plastics. Awesome. Great introduction. Thank you. And perfectly timed, especially given Christmas is coming up as well. Okay. So speaking of plastics and single-use plastics, I think Almost everybody is aware nowadays of the fact that plastic takes a really long time to biodegrade and plastic waste causes all kinds of environmental issues, especially washing into the ocean and getting consumed by animals and trapping animals. That's a very, very high level summary of some of the issues regarding plastic. I would love to hear your take on the plastic problem and where you think UviPack fits in specifically. Yeah, sure. So the plastic problem is, as you said, is a very well-known problem. But the bigger problem is we can't really get rid of plastics because plastics are used for all sorts of things and very, very useful applications. You can think of like the medical field or other fields where things need to be used and they need to be sanitized and properly, properly manufactured as well. And everything is really made of plastics. The problem is where plastics end up being used for single-use applications like, say, your takeaway coffee cup or your takeaway food containers or clips that close bread bags or places where you use the plastic that comes from fossil fuel for maybe 30 seconds, one minute, one hour, and then you just throw it away and make it someone else's problem. And unfortunately, there is no way for councils all around the world to manage the amount of plastics that get disposed. and 
there is no really any clear way to recycle these plastics either because they're all different and they all require different sort of recycling mechanisms which are really expensive and they're not worth the money that they cost and so plastics just end up in landfill and then they wash into rivers into the ocean and and become problems so where Ubipak fits in is essentially in the space where single-use plastics are now coming and are being made from fossil fuels and we're designing products that can replace the single-use items so items that are used for a short amount of time and can be disposed of naturally and don't need any sort of complex or expensive recycling facility they just turn into compost within you know four weeks after use so they are not really generating any more pollution like plastic is Okay, thinking back to the very start of your response there, I see the value that UVPAC plays in the sense that you're creating an alternative. But the very first problem that you mentioned was that plastic doesn't break down. So when you guys were coming up with the idea for UVPAC, did you ever consider looking at, well, how could we break down plastic to tackle this problem instead? The answer is no. We didn't really consider that option because it's known that plastic does stay for a very long time with us. In fact, the first plastic which has ever been made is still exist on the planet, you know, so it's around us in one other form. So no, (laughs) we didn't really think about it because a lot of people are using recycled plastics. And of course, I'm sure that they must have gone through the cycle of breaking down and that's why they've come up with recycling breaking into parts and then molding into different structure and use it again so the answer is no no we didn't really think about it all right that's good for my personal understanding and for the understanding for our audience thinking towards the start of the company how did you guys come up with this idea to begin with I think we both were kind of crazy about plastic pollution and we both came together as well on plastic pollution. (laughs) The way it started was um, it was during COVID. It was because of the number of takeaway containers we were using ourselves during COVID. And the kind of mess we ourselves, like just single person was making on daily basis was so much. And that was just like one person in Australia. And just imagine how much waste Uh, entire Australia makes on daily basis and all goes on the shoulders of government to recycle or to to process it. So we just started looking in deeper into it, uh, why there are no products which goes back to nature because when when we get any takeaway food, um, say be it coffee, be it food, we just use it for five, ten minutes and then that's it. We just chuck it into the bin. That's when we thought about the circular economy why don't we have products which come from nature and just goes back once we use it because that's how it should be. So that's when we started digging deeper into it and we came up with this idea of who we back. Great. And how did your backgrounds influence starting this company? I'm a scientist and Andy is a tech guy. So we are science and tech, which is a rare match. And We go hand in hand together, which is great. I think it needed a scientist. It needed a technical person and we had both. So it was pretty easy for us to do R&D. It all started from our home kitchen. We started, we were very crazy nerds. We just converted our own kitchens into lab and we bought some tools, some laboratory tools and started doing testing. And then things started becoming real after we got our MVP. 
that is a fantastic segue to the next question that I had, actually, which is that it's been one year now. At the time of recording, you just celebrated your one-year anniversary, and well done. Congratulations on getting this far. But talk us through what's happened in that last year from the very start, thinking of the idea to buying lab equipment for your kitchen to where you are now. Wow. A lot happened. <laughs> so we started from um, from our kitchen, as Shafali said. And a lot of the first, I guess, month or so was just digging deep into understanding how do we put something together that that makes sense and can actually replace plastics. And then thanks to some friends, we managed to find a way to prototype some of the ideas that we had. And then uh, we moved into one of our friend's garage. We bought a machine and we did more testing there and we filed a patent along the way last year. From then on, essentially having these prototypes has been really good for us because we were able to show, hey, this works. People started thinking, oh, actually, this can become something. So we joined a couple of accelerators with some programs like that. And then we started this, like we had to decide, you know, what do we do with this material now that we have it? So we started with cups that you would have seen pictures of. And then we launched Kickstarter uh, towards the middle of this year, so around August, September. And I don't know, it feels like so much has happened after that. I think that. so much has happened to put into words now. It's, it's, it's very hard because left, right, center, if you think there's a new point popping in my head, like, you know, <laughs> we did this as well, we did this as well. So it's just hard to put, but it's, it's just been an amazing, amazing year. We didn't really expect this, I'll be honest with you. We didn't really know what to expect. Uh, if you really check my LinkedIn post, like, I didn't really know. As someone who came from research background and didn't really know what to do from where to start, all I knew was science, like how to do experiments, <laughs> how to troubleshoot things. That's what I knew. It's been it's been an amazing journey and it's been amazing crowd cheering up for us, which is really, really great and which is what any startup crave for. And we are really, really grateful to the people who have shown such good support for us. Yeah. Awesome. Great story, actually. The stereotypical startup story of working out of a garage. That's amazing to see the volume and the kind of support that you guys have had since then. I guess goes to show that people recognize this is a problem and that you have a viable solution to this problem. We had amazing friends who came into the picture and kind of lifted us up when we needed them, backed us. Awesome. Friends are underappreciated, I think. Having connections in the world, very underappreciated. So now that you're one year old, you celebrated your one year anniversary by winning the Nespresso Start Cup Challenge. Congratulations to you guys. That was just less than a week ago at the time of recording. I was wondering how you felt about entering that challenge, given the reputation that Nespresso machines have from the plastic front. Oh, wow. That's a difficult question. I think we were... <laughs> We were both very excited and a little bit interested about why, the reason behind the challenge and why Nespresso would put something like this forward, but also very excited because it's very good to see that companies like Nespresso are putting things like this forward because it means that they are somewhat thinking about the impact that they're having on the planet and looking for solutions to you know the problems that they have created in the past. So 
I guess for us, it was a very good opportunity and we're super grateful that we actually made it to the final and to the end and we won. But yeah, it goes to show how everyone is really just thinking about what's next for us humans. <laughs> we have to stop this, this massive pollution and problem that we have created. And it's really good to see companies like Nespresso thinking about this. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully you guys make it big with them and help solve the little quote-unquote disposable Nespresso pod issue. Okay, so last question that I had about the company's background before we dive into UviPack itself was around the name, which has a little bit of a peculiar spelling. It's U-U-V-I-P-A-K for anybody who's listening. And I was wondering what the background was with coming up with that name. We did a lot of hunting before we came up with this name. So Uvi comes from Urvi, Sanskrit, and that means planet. So that means Earth. And then we gave it Aussie touch. So we removed R and we put U. <laughs> so that's what it means. But we did lots and lots of hunting before we came up with this name of Uvi Pack. Yeah, it's really nice to tie it back to one of the oldest languages in the world as well going back to our roots and going forward at the same time. Okay, now let's talk about UV-packs themselves. Let's talk about the biodegradable aspects of UV-pack. How does something like UV-pack biodegrade? Does it need specific conditions at all? So all our products are essentially food items. So they biodegrade just like any other piece of food. Because they're 100% organic, we do not add any chemically modified elements to them. They just biodegrade like any piece of food. So within four weeks, we have done a lot of testing, and within four weeks, they are gone back to being compost. Right, that's pretty rapid. And you don't need to ensure that it's damp or wet or anything like that? In fact, we tested in a home compost bin. We tested in nature, just literally leaving the products outside and seeing what happens. And they just, they behave very similarly. So in the home compost, they probably will biodegrade a bit faster because it's more humid and maybe you have worms or whatever that is eating the products. But yeah, they, they do biodegrade really quickly. After use. All right. In that case, is there any concern about how long an UV pack will last before use? We have tested shelf life for about 13 months up to now, but every month we are adding one month. It's a ongoing process months is but it's probably going to be two or more years yeah right. so, so, so to give you more depth to go back to nature it has to come in contact with microorganism and that doesn't happen when our products are just sitting on your shelf and that's how it has got a shelf life of one year or probably it's going to be two three years and still it can go back to nature within three to four weeks one because it has to come in contact with the microorganisms present in nature makes sense how does UV-Pack compare with existing biodegradable packaging? Okay, interesting. Other sustainable products are present in the market. They are not really biodegradable. And if you really go and dig more deeper into it, which is what we did when before starting UV-Pack, then all the products contains either PLA or PHA. So basically the sustainable paper cup which you get, it's plastic line inside. And that plastic is basically PLA. It comes from corn, and that's how people are claiming it's sustainable. But along the way, it's so chemically modified that it's no more 
naturally biodegradable i would say it can be industrial it is industrial biodegradable like if you put in an industrial compostable because if you put in an industrial compostable place then it goes back to nature but industrial compostable first thing is a very very energy intensive process second thing is there's not many industrial facility available in australia so most of it ends up in landfill and once it ends up in landfill it takes them 40 to 50 years to go back to nature okay it's kind of better than plastic but 40 to 50 years is a question we need to ask do we really want single use plastic to last for 40 to 50 years for me as is no so that's how we are different from any other sustainable products present in the market not just that i think our comparison with any other company is not really great because uvpack holds a ip for raw material and this raw material can be molded into any shape or size so right now we are collaborating with syro we are trying to make our material more flexible and stuff and once that happens our industry can completely change because we can just mold it to coffee capsules or we can mold it into something else which i don't want to say what is on the pipeline for now and our industry completely changes so yeah i don't know if really just disposable food disposable items are a real comparison for ruby pack that's totally understandable i can see the potential for the product but we won't go any further than that lastly because you mentioned that it's edible and this is one of the key selling points I'm very curious who was the first to try it <laughs> i was <laughs> aside from us people get really really curious about the fact that it is edible and that's sort of how we decided to just keep the edible part in all the marketing that we have because it is really catchy it's very different from just saying here is another home compostable because people just are so confused about what's compostable what's home compostable what's biodegradable even we get confused all the time so just saying it's edible makes it feel like okay this is 100% organic it's safe for humans to eat so that means it will go back to nature as any other piece of food and if an animal ends up eating it then it's perfectly fine they won't be choked like plastic or bioplastic would do to them so that's really the reason behind calling these products edible they're just you know food items essentially and what did you think when you first tried eating some edible packaging oh the, the first ones we did were terrible <laughs> yeah but um but they they taste a bit like people say different things some people say they taste like nuts some people say they taste like <laughs> breakfast almonds. <laughs> almonds yeah it depends on who it's tasting with um, bakes but they they taste pretty good it is decent i would say i didn't really enjoy the taste but but by edible as i said is microplastic free is what we are trying to say and yeah. edible is not really for humans edible is for any creature that comes in contact with it it's not going to be harmful for any sea creature for any animals or whatever plants which comes in contact with it so it's not for us it's really for creatures out there but if you want to eat it's safe for you to that's what it is Absolutely. There's actually this really great YouTube video that you guys had made, which I'll link in the show notes. I think it starts off with microplastics and then there's a bit in there about a dog happily eating an Uvi pack as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, and the dog was really enjoying the taste. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Maybe there's always an opportunity for you to develop like a flavored line of Uvi packs. <laughs> We have got that so many times. Yes. Yeah. definitely the online one year two years okay well 
Speaking of down the line and one year or two years, let's talk about growing UviPack because you've come off your one year anniversary winning awards and completing accelerator programs. What do you think are the next steps for you guys? So right now we are working on automating our plant. So to be ready for Christmas, uh, we will have a lot of products that we can make every day. Next steps are obviously growing our production capacity, try and find some very big players in the market to work with and partner with us, whether they're distributors or catering companies, event organizers, people that have a big reach and a big audience that can use our products in their companies and can have a big impact. And then obviously we are looking at growing our team. And so we are currently working with three or four contractors aside from us, but we need more people to join full time so that we can scale faster and grow faster and have the maximum possible impact we can have. And what kinds of people are you looking to recruit? Right now we're looking to recruit automation engineers, mechatronics engineers, so people that are more on the manufacturing side, and then people that have a lot of experience with commercialization and entering in supply chains and distribution networks. So if you're out there, please reach out to us. Yes, please do. And speaking of the partnerships that you wanted to build in terms of large-scale caterers and others who have a lot of reach and would probably have big demand for UviPact, do you have any dream companies that you'd love to partner with that you might give a shout out and hopefully they listen into this episode? Yes, Unilever. It's our dream company to tie up with because they have so many products and so much packaging. They use so many single-time use plastics. So definitely Unilever. And last couple of questions before we wrap up. Considering that this is going to be basically a very different way for people to live our lives when we think about where plastic is around us and how often we come into contact with single-use plastics especially. If everything goes right for you guys, what do you think the world looks like then? <laughs> uh, I think no more single-time use plastics. People will be using all this new technology, growing technology, more circular products, maybe zero landfill, zero waste, clean ocean, and reducing carbon emissions, which is also going to reduce a lot of global warming, which is much, much needed for our race to survive, as climate activists have been talking about it loud and clear. I think improving people's health. Yeah, that's how the world should be like <laughs> unfortunately there has been an imbalance but hopefully it gets fixed hopefully so and given that we're not there yet and we are where we are what do you think you personally need to do to help build that world i think we need to grow more and more companies like ovipack and i want to be loud and clear as to whoever whichever child is listening this just come up if you have that crazy idea just don't think it's crazy. Just come up and just start working on it because the world needs it. Yeah, we need thousands and million more companies like UbiPack, you know, to come into action. One UbiPack is not enough. We need so many UbiPack, Great Trap, and companies which are trying to do good. Please, please, please do support them so they can come up and do the good real stuff, which our planet and which our race needs right now. 
Awesome. That's a fantastic place for us to wrap up the conversation. I just want to thank both of you, Andy and Shafali, for coming on to the show. The last thing that I'll get you to do is to share with us any contact details or social media that you'd like in case anybody wants to get in touch with you. Yes, please follow Uvipak page on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You can message us anytime on LinkedIn. We'll get in touch. Awesome. I'll stick all of those links in the show notes today. Once again, thank you so much. Congratulations on the one-year anniversary and all the awards. I look forward to seeing where UVPAC grows in the next few years. And I would love to have you back on the show sometime in the future as well to check in on your progress. How does that sound? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Sounds great. Thanks once again, guys. And that's it for today's episode of Promise. Be sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Do you think you or someone you know would have ideas worth sharing? Send me an email to sean at promise.fm or DM me on Twitter at sean underscore AHD. Otherwise, stay tuned, subscribe, and learn what it's like before the success when what we've got is promise. <laughs>